this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Hello. We're in the second week of December. Already. How? How? Time happens. I know. It's amazing. Every time. Every year. (laughs) Happens the same. We were talking last night about our garden. We like really want to kind of... Okay. So for those of you who don't know, I live in this like very standard kind of like 1970 suburban ranch style home. We're on a corner lot and the corner like chunk of grass we took out a couple years ago and put in just rate not raised a uh, mounded row beds for a garden so ma- you know mounded bed is just literally what it sounds like just like a pile of dirt there's no like we don't have like boxes right out there and it's a pretty good amount of space it's like about 30 feet wide by about maybe a 80 or 100 feet deep over the last couple of years, the mounded beds have sort of like spread. Like, you know, the dirt doesn't stay in its little line. And then like we bring in some new dirt. But so we have weed cloth down. But like the dirt that has escaped from the mounded beds has created its own new ecosystem. And we have so much bindweed. Like in Colorado, bindweed is so, 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 so pervasive. What does that look like again? It's it, hard to describe it looks plant, cute. Um, is it that like light? Is it kind of um, dainty looking? Because we have a shit ton of that too. Yes, <laughs> dainty looking vine. Like yeah. a small vine and it has little like white or light purple flowers. Yes, we have it that too. It almost looks like morning glory. And you're like, oh, this is so it's beautiful. So and it's like, get it away. Yeah. And it will choke out. And like, it's you can't get rid of it. It's impossible to get rid of. Impossible. It's like... The roots, I forget what it's called, and I know the name for this, and it's just not coming to me, where like one plant has multiple root system points, mm-hmm. multiple anchor points. And so you can pull up like a 10 foot long piece of bindweed and never get the main root. Oh, it's like and the glitter it's horrible. of plant life. Oh, it's the worst. And it will <laughs> you can't just get rid of it. It will just take over. Anyway, the point of the story is we were looking, like thinking about, like, oh, you know, we really want to put in raised beds. Um, because that will kind of like help contain everything and like help us keep out and spread of the weeding a little bit. Yeah. And we were like, okay, well maybe, we, you know, we, we don't have to worry about that till like January. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like mid December practically. Ugh, like gosh, January yes. is not like this far off land. Like no. we need to come up with a plan for this. Yeah. It's What's so crazy the plan for this? That. What is the plan for this? I don't know. <laughs> How was your taco date? Oh, it was great. Last night I hung out with a friend who um, they, she used to be she used to be one of Brandon's coworkers and then we serendipitously moved in literally next door to her in the apartments we lived in in Golden and then and it was like right when Miles was born that we lived there and so and she oh, was I totally uh, that. by yeah. the way when when you posted that picture of Miles the other day I think it was like I don't know he was he was he was, he was little yeah yeah like two months and old I just remember going over to that apartment when you had Miles oh my gosh I had like that specific memory of sitting there with you and your mom was there yeah that apartment was not a place to have a new baby little that baby place, it was like living in a dog kennel like every time you make any noise like every single dog in every single apartment would start barking which made all the other dogs start barking <laughs> yeah totally it was terrible but anyway, so this friend, we were like, okay, she, she, we've been friends for a while and she and her husband had, had moved to Memphis for a couple of years for his job and they just moved back like a month and a half ago. And between like COVID and moving, we hadn't had our chance to really get together yet. And so we went out to tacos last night and, you know, sat outside and actually we, the taco restaurant we went to is in Longmont. It's called Hefe's. And they aren't, we didn't realize this until we got there that they actually weren't even doing outdoor dining. They were only doing takeout. Oh, okay. But they had the table set up as if they were doing outdoor dining. And so, and they had like the heaters and everything. And they were like, yeah, you know, we just like couldn't maintain the staff to do like full outdoor dining. You know, there's only five tables out there. It wasn't worth it. So like, we're only doing takeout. And they were like, but if you want to, you could just order takeout and just eat it at the table. Yeah. Like, we're not going to ask you to leave if you want to sit out there. So we kind of did this, like, we're eating here, but we're not really eating here sort of situation. Right, right. But it felt like I was, like, going to prom. Like, I was, like, so, like, I got blow-dried my hair. Ugh. Like, I was, as I was leaving, Brandon and the kids came and waved goodbye to me from the yard as if I was, like, on a, a ship across the ocean. <laughs> like, that's how infrequently I leave my house, guys. And... I hope it's how infrequently you also leave your house. Seriously. Yeah. Um, But like to get ready and go somewhere feels like a big treat. That's well, for me, it's like, that's not work. (laughs) Right. I mean, I don't even get ready and go to work. And so 
you know, leaving the house for something that wasn't an errand. It's been, I mean, the, the last time I left my house for something that wasn't an errand, sometimes I go on walks with my friend Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, Heather. <laughs> she listens to the podcast. But like, I haven't gone to the gym in a really long time because... Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, what's the gym situation? Because you're still like tied to Roots. You're tied yeah. to Roots. <laughs> so I still have our member, we still have our Roots membership. We actually, Brandon ended up getting a membership like in September that he has practically never used. Like that's, I feel like um, he used a little bit in September and October. And then in November, because Brandon and Miles visited Brandon's family in Wisconsin, Brandon's family just had like some stuff going on where Brandon felt like he really, he really needed to go out there and sort of assess some things. And so we completely locked down our family for the 10 days before they left. And then I obviously didn't go anywhere while they were gone because I was taking care of Evie, you know, by myself, obviously with Maxine's help when I was working, but didn't go anywhere while he was gone. And then when they got back, we locked down again for another two weeks in case they had brought anything back with them. Right. So for the whole month of November, we didn't go anywhere at all. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I could go to the gym at that point, like just not knowing the exposure. And then now all of a sudden it's December. So I haven't been to the gym in a while because we were effectively locked down for all of November in sort of preparation and then reaction to Brandon and Miles having gone to Wisconsin. So haven't been haven't been working out, which is also like the worst. How was your workout? You worked out yesterday, didn't you? No, I, today. Well, You're going today no, right I'm after going, this. Yeah, I'm going right after we record here. I So it was funny because last week when we talked about it, I was like, I think I'm getting back into barbells. I was just kind of tossing it around. Well, I just kind of hit this like windstorm of motivation last Wednesday. I think it was Mm -hmm. like right after my appointment with my naturopath, which was just amazing. By the way, it was really cool. I'll tell you about that in a second. But I contacted the gym owner and I was like, hey, I'm just, you know, here's what's going on with me. I think I said it last week. Like I, for my personal ego, just had to tell him what was going on with me that I'm not going to be going in like crushing wads. I really am kind of like a little baby bird starting over. (laughs) And so we, I went to the gym, I stopped by, he's like, why don't you just come over and let's talk? Cause he's like, you know, it's easier to talk in person. So we went Mm -hmm. over, I went over the gym on Thursday, Thursday morning. And he was just, I just kind of told him what was going on with me. He's like, yeah, let's just set you up with like some open gym time and maybe do some barbell club. They have like a barbell club on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, which is really cool because TJ teaches that. And I was like, oh, oh throwback. Yeah, throwback. I was like, I haven't seen TJ in forever. And Not to be moved. confused with your dog, JT. Right, exactly. <laughs> but TJ also oh used gosh. to live right around the corner from me, and they have since moved. And so it's just kind of been this like total disconnect where I look back at this whole year. I'm like, wow, I just kind of like plucked myself from my routine. I mean, everyone can relate to that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, especially CrossFit being such a routine for me. And all of a sudden, I was just like, done gone. And then everything that happened with CrossFit this year, you know, just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So I was like, that kind of reinforced my decision to right, like your not, saltiness not go about back. It. Right, exactly. But it, and I think someone mentioned this a long time ago, or was like, well, why are you taking it out on your gym? Like you should be supporting local businesses. And I'm like, that's not it at all. Like, first right. of all, my schedule was crazy, blah, blah, blah. So it, it kind of was just like this thing where it just, I hadn't, I didn't think twice about it. But then after all of this year, and then my health issues, I felt so good walking into that gym. The second I walked in, Coach Mike was there, which if you guys don't remember us talking about Coach Mike. We had him on the podcast once yeah, even. like really early Girls Gone Wad days. And he's just one of our favorite people. He's such a good person. And I walked in and Coach Mike was like right there. I don't think he recognized me because like he hasn't, he did, probably didn't expect me to be walking in the gym and then everyone has a mask on. Yeah. And he's probably like, oh, who's that like girl with no muscles? It can't be Joy. Who's that girl? <laughs> oh, give me a break. I'm just kidding. But he... He, he definitely was like, who is that? And then after he realized it was me, he's like, oh my gosh. So it was really good to see Coach Mike. It just like felt so good to sit in that gym and kind of like see, I don't know. Yeah, like go back to it. Yeah. And just kind of see all the time that you spent in that gym. And so anyway, mm-hmm. I'm going to start doing some open gym and just kind of like light barbell work. And I'm going in this morning. I'm really excited about it because... Yeah, that's exciting. I just miss picking up a barbell. Uh-huh. Coach Mike, for those of you who are like, I feel like I remember Coach Mike. Coach Mike is the one who told me, Claire, you're going to get a muscle up today when I didn't even have pull-ups or ring dips because he just believed in me so much. <laughs> he, remember, he, I think one of his answers was like, just pull harder. <laughs> yeah. Mike, how can I get better at weightlifting? Just, just pull, pull harder. harder. No, it was so like great. deadlifting. Like I couldn't get yeah, my yeah. deadlift. And he was like, just pull harder. I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're not He's wrong. the best. And he loves CrossFit. Loves so it. much. Loves it so much. So excited about it. So that's oh really a good step. It felt so good. I just, 
I don't know, I just had this like wave of positivity on Thursday and Friday that I was just like, something feels good. I feel like taking these two weeks off has been really good for my health, Mm -hmm. my mental health and getting back in not only just the gym and picking up a barbell, but just being around people and just being around, obviously in a safe way, you know, the gym's following all the protocol and you're taking somewhat of a risk, even just stepping into a gym, stepping into any type of public facility, but we always have to weigh the pros and cons of your health, your mental health, and the risks of spreading COVID to someone else. Like that's always Mm -hmm. in the back of my mind, of course. So we do everything that we can. I'm not going to be stupid. I'm not going to be like standing right next to someone. I'm not going to be, you know, not wiping down my equipment. (laughs) We went to a, we dropped our car off to get some work done at a um, mechanic that's literally next door. Like the door is the true next door over from a different gym in Longmont or across the gym in Longmont. And there was a class going on. We dropped it off and no, not a not a mask, which really? is illegal technically for them to be doing that. But I was just shocked. It's like, wow, guys, that's still happening. Not a, not a mask, still not happening a mask. in a gym, in a gym, indoors, completely yeah. closed, with probably ten people in there working out hard. Like, I hope that you know, I hope oh, nothing bad so happens. Yeah, because here's the thing: we've seen that graphic where it's like what. The bubble you think you have is like right. a small circle, but the bubble you actually have is a really big circle because you don't think about how, I know this is stating the obvious, going from that gym with no mask, going to your family, who then they have interacted with so many people, you've interacted with so many people. It's like- Well, and everybody I think thinks ugh. like, oh, I'm just seeing, you know, I'm only seeing two or three people. Well, if everyone's only seeing two or three people, like your two or three people have to be the same two. And we're preaching to the choir here, guys. Ugh. Like we know we've talked I about know, this many times, but- you know what anyway. I just thought of? It's like, this is, I, I was hesitant to say this, but I have to say it. It's like the part, like if you have sex with someone, you're having sex with like every single person that they've had sex with. Them. Yeah, that's <laughs> such like, like a 90s or like 80s, like the health teacher. It totally is. All right. You so anything? that was good. Condoms? Yeah. <laughs> that's my story getting back into the gym, getting some muscle back, hopefully. Love it. That's the other thing I'm kind of scared of is like, what if my muscles don't come back? Like, what if I lift weights and my muscles aren't going to get bigger again? I mean, you know, we'll biologically, see. that's unlikely based on just science. <laughs> this is true. So, you know, similar to the way that your homeopathic doctor was like, Joy, you're not going to be the only person that this doesn't work for. You're I think I can probably speak to that here as well. Like you're, it's unlikely based on what we know about you, your body type, your past experiences, and the science of weightlifting that your muscles will not come back. It's unlikely. It's very I'm not going to say it's not going to. I know. You know. It's just, impossible. I think the, the fear of is... What if this diagnosis like prevents me from putting on muscle? And that's right. I mean, kind of silly. I don't know that. I actually don't know the answer to that. But I'm in my head. I'm like, you know what? It's yeah. But I don't think that you know. There's anything that's a part of this that would like. Yeah, it's not going to probably be the same as it ever was. For sure. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, but I don't think you're just going to waste away with no muscles. Okay. So last week we asked you guys for some some voice memos, and we're going to start with them because. We feel like they are a little bit heavy and we want to give ourselves some time to actually listen to them and not feel like we're rushing through them. Yeah. And also to give us some time to then talk about some other things at the end of the podcast so that we don't end on such a heavy note, but mostly because we want to be able to really have some space for these voice memos the way that we said that we would. So the question for last week was, what is something that you lost this year and, you know, share with us what it was and what it meant to you. And, you know, let us just kind of hold a moment for that thing for you. And whether you're doing this out of like a catharsis of like, you know, get it out there and so you can move on or whether you're doing this as a moment to honor something that was really, you know, important to you that is that you no longer have that you can share with the, with this community and that, you know, now we can all kind of carry that with us and help you carry that. So we received some really beautiful voice memos. Thank you emails. to everyone and yep. emails. Thank you to everyone. And I know this was a really vulnerable question to ask. So let's get started. All right. I'm going to start with an email from Kelly. She says, Hi, Joanne Claire. I am a registered dietitian from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I work in a small community hospital. The biggest thing I have lost this year is my peace of mind when working with my nursing home residents. They haven't been able to see their family members for the majority of the year and on and off have not even been able to leave their rooms to see any other residents when we have to quarantine for positive cases internally. To watch their mental health decline so rapidly, 
rapidly and their dementia accelerate from the lack of social connection, human connection, and ability to anchor themselves in time has been heartbreaking and something we have to consider with everything we do now regarding their care. I really miss just caring for them and walking them through their dementia journeys at a normal pace. I would love for you to hold space for these people, their families, but also us healthcare workers who are the ones that have to hold witness to these individuals' lives for the past year because their families and friends are not able to. Love the show and the freedom to express this hardship I've been through. I couldn't put it in a voice I couldn't put it in a voice memo because I become too emotional. Kelly. Kelly, thank you. That's so I mean, I think about that all the time of like the people who are working in the hospitals or in these mm-hmm. um healthcare centers witnessing patients struggle with this. Or, you know, even healthcare workers are like holding their hand when they pass away because their family can't be there. Like those are the things yeah. that I think about all the time. It just breaks my heart. Oh yeah. Those are the moments that have kept me up at night this whole year. Really? To think yeah. that like that's, you know, and like that was what kept me up at night in March and April when Brandon was on the COVID floor and before right. we really knew anything about it, about this. And all we knew was that like, you know, if somebody passed away from this, they they die alone basically. Yeah, and, right. you know, now that's not necessarily no longer the case. I think they, I mean, I can't speak to like every single hospital policy, but I know that some will let their family in, you know, kind of towards the end if they know it's the end. I think in this situation that she's describing, it's like not just for COVID, but for people who have dementia and now those healthcare workers and those caretakers at the facility have that huge burden of being there for them throughout that whole thing and feeling, you know, responsible for that entire process and, you know, seeing them through that entire process that sounds really heavy. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. And we are thinking about you and we are thinking about all of those people who are going through that. And, you know, they're really lucky to have you. But I know that that doesn't make the load any less heavy for me to say that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Kelly. This is from Katie. So I just want to thank you first and foremost for holding space for all of us to share these tough parts of the year. Um, I actually have two, if that's okay to share. The first one kind of comes with a trigger warning, but I lost my 21-year-old cousin to suicide in April. And as everyone who has lost loved ones during this year knows, it really sucks to not be able to be with your family and to mourn together and to lean on each other. And figuring out how to do that when you're alone. I was just so grateful to have my dog around. Um, He really got me through. And the other one is unknowingly, I was living in a house that had toxic mold and it had been slowly making me sicker and sicker. And I was losing all of my energy and the brain fog was crazy and just this huge list of symptoms. And I finally figured it out, thankfully, but I'm on this long road of recovery and healing and I had to get rid of everything that I own. And it's also a really expensive journey. And this is not really the year where (laughs) there's all those like extra funds um, hanging around. So it's just been a lot. I appreciate you guys holding space. So thank you. Oh, that's so hard. I mean, I think it's, it goes without saying that everything this year that happens that feels very negative or that's covered in grief is a million times harder because of everything Mm -hmm. else that we're dealing with. Yeah. And, you know, I know I talked about that a little bit with my grandma passing that like the hardest part about it was just not being able to go through the normal rituals of what you do when you, you know, gather with your family and, and can kind of have that closure. Like they're really, you know, whether if you've lost someone, whether it's been to COVID or to anything this year. And I think in a way, you know, those kind of I don't want to say normal because I think losing someone never feels normal but the the those sort of things that happen that are part of the course of life and of course also you know losing someone to suicide doesn't really fall into that category either mm-hmm. but there has you haven't been able to have those normal kind of rituals of closure and rituals of passing and that's been made it so much harder because then I mean it, 
those sorts of losses are already so hard to process. But then when you don't have anything, any of like the things that your brain searches for to to go through. Well, it's kind of like that ritual that Casper talks about of the things that we mm-hmm. kind of anchor ourselves to, to feel whole, to feel like we have some type of like circle of completion or, you know, the things that we've, d- we've done throughout the years and to yeah, not totally. have that, especially for something that's really, really difficult, I think is really, mm-hmm. it's just really sad. You know, it just made me think also of just, you know, working in mental health. And I know a lot of people have kind of, I think with the post that you shared yesterday, you can talk more about that in a second of just having a family member who works in healthcare is really, really hard. And a lot of people I saw just kind of mentioning like working in mental health or working as a social worker or work, mental health is just, I think there's an extra layer to that too, that just because Mm -hmm. it isn't like physical health, but watching people really struggle like depression or any type of you know, eating disorder, anything that kind of thrives in isolation, this year has been so, so difficult. So I know that suicidality is really high and people struggling with suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. If you, if, you know, if someone in your life, if you feel like they're struggling, just please reach out to them, like check in with people that you know, maybe has a history with that. As always, guys, you can always, always, always email us at this is Claire at gmail.com. As a reminder, Joy is a licensed mental health therapist and we can, can't, you know, obviously she can't provide you with mental health services via email, but we are always ready to send you, point you the, in the resources, right point you in the right direction. And Joy knows all the places to point you. Yes, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Um, this next one is from Sarah. She says, my maybe slightly small COVID loss described in an, in an exactly one minute voice memo. <laughs> <laughs> I know this was like a really hard one to like put in a minute. So we thank you guys. But this one's yes. from Sarah. So I'm a really huge NBA fan and a huge Houston Rockets fan. I've got season tickets for the Rockets and uh, have been just wanting to go see an away game for years and years and haven't been able to do it. So I finally decided that over spring break, uh, I was going to go to L.A., by myself as like my first post-divorce solo trip um, to go see the Rockets and the Lakers play at Staples Center. And I was so excited. And I got there a few days early, got to do a couple other things, got to see the prices right, got to see James Corden, all kinds of stuff. But um, the game was on Thursday and they suspended the NBA season on Wednesday. So I was really thankful I got to do a lot of the other stuff. But that being like the highlight of my trip and something I had looked forward to for so long, that was... You know, it seemed kind of petty, but it was hard, you know. And then, of course, coming back after spring break to all this virtual and remote learning that we're still dealing with. So, all right. Thanks, Joy and Claire. Love y'all. Oh, that's so, that sucks. I'm so I'm grateful for that one, too, because I yeah. think, you know, the first two that we heard are really, really heavy, like very intense life pondering like life. sorts of things. Yeah. And those mm-hmm. are, of course, very important. And also, I think that a lot of times people this year have done that comparative suffering of like, you know, well, I'm not dealing with loss of life. Therefore, like what I'm going through isn't valid. And, you know, those those moments that are important to us that we've missed out on this year, you know, it's just been so compounding that I think yeah. that those are very important to to recognize like man I had this thing I was looking forward to so much and I didn't get to do it and it got canceled the night before like yeah Brandon and I back in March had tickets to go see Eliza Schlesinger on his birthday and I had got about the tickets like six <sighs> months previously I got them on pre-sale we had these amazing seats uh, and it literally got canceled like it was like March 13th that we were supposed to go it got canceled that day and you know I still think like oh that would have been so fun <laughs> like, like we had Mean Girls tickets I had Lion yeah. King, King tickets to for my mom and I to go Scott and I were going to go to New York City this September to go see a show on Broadway and we were just like really really excited for that <laughs> And I'm so bummed. And so like last episode's discussion around like what we would do in 2021 and kind of like seeing somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel really made me be like, oh my God, I can start fantasizing about like places I want to go and trips I want to take. I know. I was looking at real estate in Maui last night and thought that that's going to be, you know, what I do. But I was like, (laughs) I got to look. Isn't Zillow just a fun pastime to just like browse through? Oh my gosh. It is and it isn't. be my life I know looking at some of those houses I'm like who lives here like and I'm like this could be my life but it actually definitely could not because in in no version of my future will I own a 20 million dollar (laughs) beachfront home in Wyland like it's just not gonna happen 
Oh my God. When I lived in San Diego for a hot minute, I lived on Mission Beach and there was kind of like Mm -hmm. this little, almost like a boardwalk, but more inland that they had these beautiful, beautiful houses. And I'd run on the bay and the houses were so beautiful and they all have like open windows because, you know, you want the view. So all the windows Mm -hmm. were like huge and you can see inside. And I remember just looking in there and I would always fantasize like, Oh, I'd love to have a house like that someday. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta happen. win the lottery, but it I could happen. Someone wins the lottery. Someone does, and it could be me. But yeah, it's it's so fun to kind of like fantasize what your life would be like if you lived in a Seriously. huge house like that. Okay, this is from. I'm just going to read this. It's one of the voice memos we got, but she said it's from Ashley and she just mentioned that they booked a venue because she is having her, or she had her first daughter in June and they had the venue booked out and they had to cancel it because of COVID. And they just, I mean, the, like, things like that are so real. You have events. The venue for what? Oh, uh, baby for wedding? Baby, oh, sh- baby shower. shower. Yeah. She's having her first baby shower. And so that got canceled. So I feel like that's kind of goes along with like people whose weddings had to be, I mean, one of my friends' mm-hmm. weddings had to be postponed or she chose to postpone it because obviously it's like, right. you know, she's not going to make people sit in a crowd while they get married, but. <laughs> she still wanted to have, she'd post, well, and like, I think other people had like Zoom weddings, which right, I think was right. cute too. Like I, I had think a, it's cute. I definitely know a, a good amount of people who had the Zoom wedding and were like, you know what? Actually, that was like special in its own way too. This next one is from <laughs> from Brooke, and the I love I love you guys so much. The title says "Voice Memo from New Zealand" in all caps. Hey, lovelies, <laughs> sending in my voice memo for what you missed slash had taken with 2020 all the way from New Zealand. Fun fact: anytime a Kiwi reaches out, we always like to point out how far away we are or how small our country is. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Love you both and hope you're keeping safe and well. Watch out. Christmas is just around the corner. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Brooke. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Brooke from New Zealand. Just calling in about what happened to you in 2020. And I had a four-week trip around Europe planned with my fiancé. It was supposed to be our last big hurrah before we got married, settled, had kids. And due to COVID, we couldn't go. Uh, New Zealand is pretty shut off from the rest of the world at the moment, so there's no guarantee that we'll be able to get there. But what that means for me is I'm worried that in a few years I'm going to feel like I missed something that we saved so long for and was supposed to be before that next stage in our lives. So try to look on the bright side of life. We're getting married next year and all should be good. Hope you're keeping safe and well. Lots of love. Oh, big travel Ugh, that just sucks so bad. Like t- canceling a four week awesome trip. Yeah, that and I I like how she kind of like put it into context too. That like it's not just about the trip. Right. It's about like this was supposed to really ha- be this moment in our lives that got us ready for what was coming next. And now yep. we don't have that anymore. And so like, am I going to always look back on this and like regret that? You know, I think that's the thing too about knowing that collectively we all are going to have this year of like, well, what you know, we're all going to look back and be like, well, we couldn't because twenty twenty. You right. Know, well, right. and then 2020 happened. And then, right. you know, and like it will be this forever, this collective event that happened to all of us that will always have this gap of like, what did what did you miss out on? What did you lose that year? Because everyone will have something. And mm-hmm. I think that also speaks to like why we wanted to ask this question this week to to know that this will be this unifying question in a lot of ways for all of us forever. They're like, what happened to you in 2020? Like, what did what did you lose? What did you miss out on? Because everyone has something, yeah. if not many things. And you know, it's sort of like, well, where were you on 9-11? You know, everyone, like, that's the question you ask now. And yeah. everyone, our whole, the whole global community has an answer to that. Yeah. And now it's, this is the next version of that. Like, we'll always remember kind of the night before we knew that right, what the was world the last was shutting thing you did? Like, I always talk about middle ditch and Swartz. I remember that was like the last night out I had. And every, I mean, mm-hmm. I remember sitting in that venue being like, this is weird. I wonder what's going to happen. Like, we knew something was coming. Mm-hmm. Not to that extent at all. But I just remember being like, this is kind of weird. Like, what's going to happen? Like, walking in a huge crowd outside of the venue. I'll always remember that. But yeah, I feel like this year, I mean, we can talk so much in cliches and like how hard it's been. But I, I was thinking the other day, too, about like jobs and how much job loss has happened. Mm-hmm. Um 
if people want to share about that, you know, not, you don't have to like in a voice memo per se, but just like, what's your situation like with your job and job loss and like how grateful I am to work in healthcare, but it's also weird because healthcare's a hot spot right now, but also being like my life really, my work life hasn't changed at all because mm-hmm. of working in healthcare. I've gone to work every single day ever since the shutdown. So yeah, it's right. kind of a weird thing to think about. Um, this one is from Claire. She says, thank you for giving us space to acknowledge things we've lost this year. I know I'm over a minute and I won't feel bad if you aren't able to play it. I know so many of your community are struggling this year. I just really needed to get that out. We spend so much time just trying to be strong and put on a brave face and look for any positive in the moment, but really sometimes we just need a good cry. Thank you so much for the prompt. Hi, Joy and Claire. This is Claire calling from Australia. I'm just going to blast through this one really quickly because I don't think I can do it without crying. This year, I feel like I've lost my family. I immigrated to Australia by myself four years ago. And at the time, my family was so supportive. They always used to say, you know, if anything happens, we can be there in 24 hours or less. And in 2018, I had a really bad cycling accident and my dad was here within days of it happening. And the world just felt so small. And I feel like this year, the world feels so big and everyone just feels so far away. Um, Australia's borders are still shut. I had my son in May and he hasn't met his grandparents yet. And he's now six months and it breaks my heart because they won't know him when he's this little. And I know that. (laughs) I know that he isn't capable of making memories yet but they are and it's it just breaks my heart that they won't know him when he's this young and I guess I'm just sad because the borders are still shut and there's no indication of when they'll open again and at this point it just feels like I'm never going to see them again because there's not a date and people say things like you know, at least you have FaceTime and you've got Skype. <laughs> yeah, at least I do. But every time someone says that to me, it just, it breaks my heart. I just can't wait for a little bit of normal travel to open up again so that I can see my family again. Zoom does not replace in person. Like I get where people are like, yeah, we have Zoom. Like, yeah, that's definitely amazing. Back in the 80s and 90s, we would not have that option. It really doesn't it's replace. It's not the same. It's just, it's not the and same. Especially just- with babies. Mm-hmm. You know, like just that experience of like physically being with a baby is so different. And, you know, we yeah. had a little bit of that this year where, you know, Evie's now been in lockdown for pretty much half her life. And Brandon's family hasn't seen her since January. We didn't th- like there it hasn't felt like there's even though technically like physically, you know, we could get there. Or they could get here. It just hasn't felt like something that was safe for us to do. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, it is hard because like she was saying, they don't have those memories, but like the kids won't remember, but the the, uh, you know, the family will. And that's so true. Sending you lots of love, Claire. That's just, I mean, I keep forgetting that Australia's borders are just shut down and closed and like no one can come in or go out. Because we're not people who do a lot of international travel. I haven't, I don't think about that a lot. And it's just really, yeah, of course the borders are closed. Like that's what needs to happen. And then you don't think about the people who live in, you know, very far away from their families. We're thinking of you, Claire. This is from our lovely Mira. It's an email. Hi, Mira. Hi, Joy and Claire. I just finished listening to the podcast. Thanks for also creating space for those of us who have experienced loss this year. I wanted to answer the question, but I can't send a voice message because I know that I wouldn't be able to without crying. So I'm writing instead. Hey guys, as a mental health therapist, I just want to normalize crying is I know people don't like to cry and like hear others hear them cry, but we all cry and it's fine. I also honor if you would just want to send an email. What I'm mourning is that this is the first year that I'll be spending Christmas away from my family. There have been years here and there where one person would be away, but this is the first time where I haven't been with at least a parent. The whole year I've been super homesick and not getting to see anyone close to me has been very hard. My goddaughter was also born in January and it has killed me to not getting killed me not getting the chance this summer to meet and get to know her. My light at the end of the tunnel is June. I handed in my notice a month ago and will be leaving my job in Japan, mostly because being this far without the certainty of getting to travel in and out of the country is not worth it to me. I'm looking for jobs back in Europe where my friends are and where I'll at least be in similar time zone and closer to my parents in Uganda. So here's hoping next year is a better one. Love, Mira. Oh, congrats, Mira, though, for like taking that step to be like, hey, I want to set myself up for being Mm -hmm. able to surround myself with my friends and being closer to my family. On the other hand, I'm sorry, because I'm sure you've like enjoyed your job there and like living in Japan. But and I know Mira is also like a traveler, a world traveler. um, But I hope that this move is a good one for you, Mira. And we love you. 
just got my coffee delivery. All right. In the famous Thank mug you. that everyone else asks mug. about. I think, you know, one thing that I've seen a lot this year, too, is people who kind of on this theme of being away from your families have moved back to be, you know, especially within the States, like if they're living on one side of the country, they've moved back yeah. to be closer to their family. And, and I think a lot of that is also around like, well, I'm working remote and I, you know, my boss has said that I might be working remote for a, a long time. And so like, why wouldn't I move? Right. But also to say like, you know, this has made me realize that maybe that support isn't as like, just make a call and we'll be there as I thought it was, or as you know, you, you, like this is obviously just such a situation that none of us could ever have foreseen or expected to think that that type of access wouldn't always be available to us. So, you know, I know I personally know a lot of people who have were like living in Colorado, who I worked with, who maybe had family back east and they all moved back to be closer to their families because they're like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, this has made me realize that I need that access to my family, I never imagined a world where just being a four hour flight away would feel so prohibitive. But here we are. And like, I don't want to, you know, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Before we do our last voice memo, let's take a quick break to talk about this week's sponsor. Guess who? It's Blue Blocks. Have you done your Christmas shopping or holiday shopping yet? If you haven't, consider supporting the podcast by supporting Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. The discount code is JOY. They have amazing glasses for blue light blocking for the computer. You can get the Sleep Plus, which is something that will really, really calm you down at night. Have you experiencing wonderful, wonderful sleep? We all are staring at screens. We're all experiencing all this added stress from looking at our phones and screens a lot more this year. So maybe you want to give someone a gift this year. You can support the podcast again. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X. Dot com. The discount code is JOY. All right. Yay. One more voice memo, and then we're going to wrap it up. This one is from Nina. She says, I could have gone on for 20 minutes about how scary this year has been. As a musician, I, can, I mm. condense it to a minute. I love your podcast so much and look forward to it every single week. Hi there. My name is Nina. I'm a classical musician. I play the double bass. 2020 has been really rough for classical musicians everywhere. No one is playing live concerts. The future of classical music is uncertain, all of that. Um, for me, this was supposed to be a really exciting year because I was moving to Baltimore to join the Baltimore Symphony after playing with the Oregon Symphony for five years. What I'm grieving is the loss of the last concert I was supposed to play with Oregon Symphony. I was supposed to have a few more months of rehearsals and um, concerts and going out with my friends after and... Yeah, when I look across the stage in Baltimore, I'm so happy and I feel so fortunate that, you know, we are able to at least be recording some concerts, but I just miss looking across the stage and seeing my friends and I wish I had had those, you know, the last few weeks of um, rehearsals and concerts to kind of have some closure on that. But anyway, 2020 has been rough. I'm thinking of everyone. Hang in there. Hang in there. That is I've the been motto thinking about that type of... I know I've been thinking about that type of thing too for like high school seniors and you know anybody who was supposed to go through a transitional rite of passage in 2020 and now they just sort of are like shoved into this next phase of their life even if it's a positive phase mm -hmm. that you didn't have closure on that previous phase you know again that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with those those like rituals where you're used to having this rite of passage to move through your life and to go from one phase to another and if you don't have yeah. that it can just feel like a you know, big, there's, yeah, no closure. I was going to say, you know, it no still open. Yeah. No closure. Yeah. Yeah. When everything opens back up again, listeners, please, please rush to support musicians, artists, mm -hmm. Broadway shows, plays, etc. Like buy some tickets because I think that that's one of the many uh, professions that really are going to need our support when this opens back up again. So if you're not a Broadway fan, become one. That's your 2021 <laughs> New Year's resolution. Maybe, 2020, maybe 2022. Maybe 2022. You're welcome. So thank you guys so much for sending in those. We got a lot of voice memos and a lot of emails. And, you know, we picked these ones. I feel like they kind of encompassed some major topics that we heard. And, you know, it has been a tough year. And thank you if you are not someone who sent someone. And thank you for just listening. And, mm -hmm. you know, I hate, I kind of hate the phrase holding space because I feel like it's so woo. Like you guys know, it's kind of like not me, but. <sighs> I think like that's really what we're trying to do here is to to spread out the load a little bit. And just by knowing that your grievance and your story and your thing is out there, it can kind of help it feel a little bit lighter and know that other people are listening and know that other people are thinking of you and, and holding that 
in their hearts for you. So yeah. And relating, sharing your story really helps others because you know, there's a lot of people that are going through something similar. So thank you. And we really, really don't take for granted the vulnerability that you guys show us every week when you send in these voice memos and especially this week. All right. I'm going to read a quick email from Ash because we love Ash. I think Ash wrote or sent a voice memo a few months ago and we're like, we want to be best friends with Ash. And I believe she's in Austin, if I'm like remembering that correctly. I don't know, Ash, I'm sorry if I'm totally messing that up. But she wrote a great email. It says, Joy and Claire, I've written to you all a few times in the past, but I've switched emails since then. This is Ash, the cream of mushroom soup confessor. That's right. (laughs) She loves cream of mushroom soup. And she's like, and I'm not afraid to say it. Joy, I wanted to thank you personally for being open on the podcast about seeking out your doctor's advice about your recent health concerns. I imagine that's a tricky line to walk of what you share about your personal self. I selfishly am very glad you did. You sharing that, particularly about acknowledging that something just wasn't right, gave me that tiny amount of space I needed to consider that some concerns I've just been sort of downplaying for a few months now weren't actually something I needed to grit and bear. Without being too specific, I am a person on a medication who needs to have my blood work checked every couple of months. Not dire, but certainly necessary to be sure I'm good to go. In March, we had a tornado here in Nashville. Oops, sorry, Nashville. um, That caused a lot of damage. And then COVID really took off about two weeks later. And my PCP's office has been kind of scrambling ever since. Long story short, I reached out to my PCP and learned I was way overdue for labs. And they just never alerted me. And I was reminded that you have to look out for yourself. I love my PCP's office. I've never had care I wasn't happy with. And stuff falls through the cracks. And I'm the one who has to live in this brain and body. Long story short, I got my labs run and actually learned that my levels for other things are off. Actually, weirdly similar to your journey. I'm not as far along into figuring out what it is, so I don't know exactly the culprit, but I'm already grateful for checking just to have the validation of like, oh, I'm not supposed to be this anxious or this tired or losing this much weight, not on purpose, or have these big swings of mood. And no stress doesn't typically take your sense of taste away. And no, you don't have COVID. You've gotten tested multiple times. You should ask someone about that, like passing this off on stress or anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just stress about 2020 as the dumpster fire that it is, or the election or COVID. It's not supposed to feel this way. And I deserve to feel better. So thank you, truly. I have felt like such shit. And that that feels so, so good to acknowledge. (laughs) And I guess was just going to live that way until who knows what a radical idea it feels like that we are allowed to want to feel better. Peace and love. Grateful for your impact and wisdom, Ash. Thank you, Ash. Big hug from afar. So if you're if you're feeling like, look, this year really is a dumpster fire. You may have a lot of anxiety. You may have a lot of feelings of like, I'm just exhausted. But if you know your body and you're like, I just maybe want to check, like it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. to just check. And don't be that person like I was where I was like, Ugh, I don't want to waste my doctor's time. Like there's nothing right. wrong with just going in, getting the answers. And like my doctor even said, when I first got my blood test, she's like, let's just see to have to give you a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just do an x-ray just to give you a peace of mind. Let's have the data to give you peace of mind. Now, granted, my results were not what we thought they'd be, right, but it was a look, little more than we peace can, of mind. But, right. Yeah. But then, you know, then we had to move forward and we got a plan. And thank God right. I did that because if I would have would have waited, like I feel like this could really impact my health health if I would have waited much longer. So mm-hmm. just a little lesson for y'all. Amazing. Thank you. And I and I think it I mean I even have been like, okay, well I'm going to go, I don't have a PCP that I've like, I mean, I have one, but it's like not someone who I've seen regularly. And this was like, you know, Claire, go ahead and like set up a new PCP, find someone in your area. Like yeah. you need to have, you know, it's like just those little things that you really put off. And then like when you do have some health problem, they're like, oh, well, we aren't taking, you know, a new, our next new patient appointment is 90 days from now. Right. And it's like, you know, those little things. And you, I think this year we have all been told so many times, like, don't stress out the system. To the point where like, you know, like death the rates system. for the medical yeah. system, where death yeah. rates for like heart attacks and strokes are way up because people aren't going in for warning signs. Right. Before times, if you would have chest pain, you would go in just like get it checked out. People aren't doing that this year. And right. so they're waiting until they collapse from a heart attack. And, you know, when they could have gone in a week ago for chest pain and had, you know, a cath lab procedure, now it's too late. And that's a very extreme example. But I feel like we are all doing that to some degree this year because we feel like the medical resources aren't there. Right. But you know what? In your like family PCP office, they are. And that's what they're there for. I know I've really been telling myself that a lot this year. Like, oh, I don't want to like use up the resources. It's like, you know, like the like family office resources, like that's what they're there for. That's what they're there for. You're not like going into an ER for a step. And even if I were, you know, like the (laughs) ER, like it's tough. And you know, like right now, you know, Brandon works, as you guys all know, Brandon's nurse works in hospital and 
um, he is a very unique in a very unique situation with just based on like the timing of his experience, he's able to work in his job in the OR, but then also is able to regularly float onto the COVID floor Mm -hmm. without needing any additional training. And because he had been in the OR for not that long, like less than a year when COVID started. So he's been sort of like bouncing back and forth all year. I mean, they're almost at capacity and his hospital is sort of like considered one of the overflow hospitals. But at the same time, a lot of times he's working on the unit and the patients that he does have aren't necessarily COVID patients all the time because like those sick people are still there and they still need to be taken care of. Exactly. And that's a whole other podcast topic. (laughs) All right. So we did spend quite a lot of time on voice memos, but I want to talk a little bit quickly and like completely shift gears. Talk about your haircut. (laughs) 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 Because you got this great haircut, but then also like you had talked about how it felt like very cathartic. It felt very cathartic. Well, this is another thing like, so we're recording this on Sunday, but so this last Wednesday, Thursday was like a moment of like, I need to do something. Like I had this like wave of motivation. So went into the gym, that felt good. And then like Wednesday night I was laying in bed and I just had this like claustrophobic feeling of like, I need to, I need to cut my hair off. And this is always how it happens where I just hit this Mm -hmm. point of like, I'm so sick of washing my hair. Like I hate washing long hair, like short hair is easier to wash. Mm -hmm. I was like sick of like just putting in a ponytail all the time, sick of, you know, whatever. So I jumped online, happened to get an appointment with my hairstylist who I've like seen forever over the years. And I went in Friday and I was like, please take this hair. Like I cannot, I need you to cut the COVID off. And I can't take credit for that statement. I heard this from like another LA hairstylist say it. She's like, cut the COVID off. But I just kept thinking like, to me, hair is old energy and I just needed to get some type of like symbolic of this whole medical leave and getting back into weightlifting and like kind of taking control. You know how Claire, you've said like getting tattoos is a way of you like having control over your body. For Mm -hmm. me, that's kind of how hair is. Like I use it as this like, I'm in control. I'm getting rid of this energy. You know what I mean? Like I just Mm -hmm. needed to kind of do something not super drastic, like really, really short. But I mean, I probably cut like a good five inches off my hair. So I don't know, like during, like I talked to my hairdresser, I hadn't seen her in so long. So like we had caught up on life and I was like telling her everything that happened to me. And so I could just tell that she was like really wanting to give me that experience of being like, you can like kick ass, you know, like moving forward. Like here's, it gives you like that confidence. And I think that was another thing of just like this whole month and a half has like kind of taken away my confidence in a lot of things or like not being able to do the things I used to do physically has been really hard. So I just feel like that was like a moment for me to be like, all right, I'm turning a page. Things are gonna be different. I'm gonna make it happen. I totally I get that and I think I can relate to that I think so many people can relate to that like a haircut seems like such a simple thing but you can put meaning into it if you want to and it can like be this really like cathartic transformative like turning point yeah a way to like outwardly kind of show that for sure are here to yeah here to slay f it up here to slay slay all day all right oh so you're going back to work this week. And I know we've been talking the last two weeks about your medical leave. How was your your second week of medical leave? It seems like it was like really refreshing. You seem it very was really refreshing. More- I could not have done what I did for my health with just one week. I feel like this last week was just kind of like this solidifying of everything I've been trying to do to like calm down and get better. Spending a lot of time with my, well, not a lot of time, but like spending time for my health, like taking walks, signing back up for the gym, getting my hair cut, spent some time working with my naturopath to like get a treatment plan going. I should have like the results from my Dutch test and this metabolic panel pretty soon. So I'll like know more, but I just feel like I'm going into work with this like, uh, like detachment from the stress. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm one that tends to kind of go in. And once you're like in the hamster wheel, you don't really get off. Even if you're like off on the weekends, you're kind of still slowly going on the hamster wheel. And I feel like this Mm -hmm. was just such a good practice for me to completely unplug. And not only that, just reminded me to like use my PTO. This year, I really used PTO as like, oh, I need to go on vacation PTO because I don't want to waste my PTO on just staying home. But we can't go anywhere if we're being responsible. So I feel like that was just a really good reminder that even though we can't go anywhere, I really need to unplug from work because being on the hamster wheel, even if you're slow on the weekend is just, you're, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you're just not still in, like like you're still on. Well, and like, I think you talked about this, you know, with realizing that you really needed two weeks was that it takes several days for you to just get out of that mindset. Like, you know, realistically, 
two days and then for a lot of people really like a day and a half because by the time Sunday afternoon rolls around, you're starting to think about work again. Like it's not enough for you to actually detach. It's just not enough for you to get to break that thought cycle. No. Yeah. I totally know that feeling that you mean where it's like you're just still on. Like there's still like the the flame Mm -hmm. is still on. Like I needed to Mm -hmm. completely just turn it off and like not even think about work. Um, So that's uh, so important. It made me think about a lot how you're like, not in a bad way, but how you tell me like, like I identify, like I really identify Mm -hmm. with my hobbies or my job. And that was really a good practice to be like, I am not my job. And I put a lot of effort to do a good job to where I feel like I always have to like, it's a little bit egotistical to be like, I am so good at my job that they can't function without me. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, I think can, we all tell and ourselves the sun that. Still like, rises, yeah, yeah. And like, I have a friend at work who I who was is on maternity leave, and she was freaking out about maternity leave before she went on it. And I sat her down, not sat her down, but you know, I was like, listen, I mean this with all the love in my heart, but like, we will be fine without you. You know, I'm not. I don't mean that to be dismissive because you're very good at your job and everybody loves working with you, but we will be fine without you. I think that is hard for people to hear because they're like, I don't want you to be fine without me. Like I want you to need me. And it's like, it's not that we don't, it's not that you don't make a great contribution. It's not that you're not great at what you do, but like, this is a job, you know, the world will keep turning. And it, you know, if, if your if your work life, I don't know, you know, not to, not to be a tweet. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if your entire work life comes crashing down, if you leave for more than a day, that's a toxic environment. That's a problem. That's, That's a, problem. a problem. It's yep. problematic. And yep. you and everyone around you need to fix that because that means that you are shouldering way too much, way too much. Yes. Yeah. I hope some of you just had a light bulb moment. <laughs> All right. So for next week's question, because Joy has to go lift weights now. I got to go lift. Yep. I We're going to start talking a little bit about looking into 2021. And we have a lot of Thursdays in December, I was realizing. Six, five Thursdays. I was like, that's not, like, that, that math doesn't work out. There are five Thursdays in December. We're only on the second one. So our last episode of the year will actually land on the 31st, which is going to be exciting. So that'll kind of, I'll, I'll wait for our like New Year's resolution like, one. So don't tell resolution. us your resolution. Okay. Here's what I want to know. What habits or goals in the past have worked for you that you were like surprised by? Did you, you know, pick up bullet journaling on a whim thinking like there's no way this is going to stick and then it stuck and now you're like a bullet journal influencer? Like, did you think that maybe you were going to sign up for like the New Year's Day 5K and it stuck and now, you know, you're an ultra marathoner? Like, <laughs> yeah. what thing did you pick up on a whim as a New Year's resolution? Because we always hear about the New Year's resolution fails. Right, I want right. to hear about the New Year's resolution wins. Like what yeah. thing did you pick up on a whim as a New Year's resolution that you were like, there's no way this is going to stick, but I might as well at least try it. And it really stuck. And now it's like your thing. Like you, be- you started painting and all of a sudden you're like selling professional. Yeah. Work. And I mean, like, you know, I, I don't want, yeah. I want you to write in even if it didn't like become part of your identity. Right. But like what, what, tell us about a past New Year's resolution win for a habit or a goal or something that you really followed through on and maybe surprised yourself by how much you followed through on it. <laughs> and whether it was like a funny little hobby or something that was truly life-changing, I really want to hear about it. So send us a voice memo to thisisjoyandclaire at gmail.com. You can record a voice memo on your phone, hold it up to your head like you're making a phone call. Please try to keep it under a minute as much as you can. It just lets us, you know, play even more of your beautiful voice memos on the podcast. Um, or you can just write it in an email. And then also we have our Google Voice set up at our Instagram, which is at Claire underscore. You can click on the contact button. It will send you to a Google voicemail where you can leave a message, which is similar to, you know, just record your message as if you're recording a voice memo. If it helps you to write it down ahead of time, just like tap it out as a text message or like a little notes thing so you can get your thoughts in order and so you can like feel like you're a little bit more succinct. But you don't have to. If you could just go off the cuff, feel like you want to. We can't wait to hear about your things that have miraculously worked in the past. Your your New Year's resolution wins. This time of year is always really exciting for me. There's something very symbolic mm-hmm. about just the year ending, a new one starting. So I love hearing about this stuff. I'd love to hear from you about even maybe a friend that gave you an idea that you're like, whoa, I'm going to try that. And just like was a huge success. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening again. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. Discount code is joy. Go get your, go get your eyes some joy. From Blue Blocks. <laughs> That's a good one. I went right. there. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.